like opening game of the season this year. They beat Dallas. He goes up, shakes Dak Prescott's hand, and it's like, you know, Dak's like 25, 26 years old. And he's like, yep, I beat you. And then after the game, I'm going to interview with Drew Brees, who's the same age as me. And what's he doing? He's on NBC. He's not even, he's part of the broadcast. I'm still doing it. You're like, okay, what could possibly be motivating this guy? I think he really, I think he really enjoyed that. Like every single time he would win another game. I mean, even this year could be a game against the Jets. Bucks didn't even need that game and they were losing, but he came back and was like, oh, Zach Wilson. Yeah, you're 22. I beat you. I'm still better. Getting right to it this morning. It's been some major news in sports this week here in the U.S. with the retirement of Tom Brady after 22 seasons in the NFL. It's real this time. <laughs> yes. And I've been watching this show, Yellowstone. Right, it's a show a lot of people that I trust have recommended to me for a while. And after watching a really, really strong pilot, I was in. I'm, I'm like into the third season now. Now, in this show, there's a bunch of scenes at livestock auctions where people bid at livestock, where people bid on livestock to bring them onto their ranch. And this actually reminded me of Tom Brady <laughs> because an ex NFL scout uh, referenced the NFL Combine as a livestock auction in its heyday. And that image of Tom Brady in his underwear standing there at the Combine will forever be a part of his, his legacy. And that image in the Combine itself really represent the first event in the NFL's you know, annual calendar that Brady changed forever. Uh, so much so that Roger Goodell, among his very first moves as commissioner, was to do away with the shirtless picks at the combine. It was one of the very first things Goodell did when he came into the office of the commissioner. Now, next on Tom Brady's list of things that he transformed forever, in keeping with the chronology of the calendar here, is the NFL draft. You know, ask yourself, is there any way that things such as mock drafts, drafts analysis, or the massive TV event that is the draft in any way resembles, you know, what they do today without the story of a man being selected 199th overall and becoming the most accomplished player in the history of the sport? I don't think so. NFL goes back to that well a lot. Yeah. Brady also redefined finances in the sport, consistently taking less money from the New England Patriots over the course of his career relative to his market value as a quarterback to ensure that the team remained competitive for Super Bowl championships year after year. He took coaching day-to-day in practice as hard as any player on the team which functioned as a linchpin uh, for the success that all of the Patriots You know, all the coaching tactics that he implemented over the course of the years for two decades, Brady's willingness to buy into that acted as a linchpin for that success. He changed every team's perspective on what could happen when a player gets injured. 
when Drew Bledsoe went down, as we know, 2001, Brady comes in, and no team will ever look at injuries the same way again. Along those same lines, longevity and care for the body is an area that Brady also drastically transformed. Potentially his greatest impact on the sport took place here. His world-famous TB12 method, eating in an anti-inflammatory diet, wearing a scuba suit under his uniform in cold games, his pliability training, as he called it, all assisted him in achieving, well, let's look at his career stats by, by year. He led the league in passing at ages 25, 28, 30, 40, and 44. Touchdowns at 25, 30, 33, 38, and 44. He effectively had a Hall of Fame career since age 37. He's won four Super Bowls since he was 37 years old. Yeah, three distinct Hall of Fame careers. <laughs> yes. Beginning, the middle, and end. So, you know, before Tiger Woods, right, golfers were all a little wide in the waist area. And and now, post-Tiger, you know, all golfers identify as athletes. And to have such a single powerful transformation on the sport is a testament to Tiger Woods. And Brady's had about seven of those transformative things. I mean, being 38 is no longer considered old for a quarterback. You know, Aaron Rodgers is 38 years old, and no one's thinking about him slowing down anytime soon. That, that was That's all because of Tom Brady. You know, the way that he takes care of himself. And Russell Wilson, they say he spends a million dollars every offseason on his body. He's really never been injured. Sands one freak hand injury. And, you know, looking at it, him potentially going to another team, he's 32, and you're thinking, oh, we're going to get 10 good years out of uh, – you know, Russell Wilson. That's because of Tom Brady. As a player, I was privileged to watch Brady perform in person three times. Twice in the regular season against the Giants and once in a Super Bowl. And as an enemy, he made you feel like the game was going to last all day. And his presence in the pocket was so calm that if you only looked at him, you would think he was just at a regular Wednesday practice. And the plays seem to just develop and take ages. And I think the biggest testament to his ability is the devastating losses. They really underscore how incredible he is. I recall barely being able to watch the conclusion of those two Super Bowls right down to a pair of Hail Marys thinking anything was still possible because of him. And I remember images, you know, on TV, of the Eagles ownership and general manager in the box and Minnesota in February of 18, they could barely watch, and they were up by 10 with five minutes to go. Their team did everything right, as did the Giants, on two occasions, and it was barely enough to shut the door on the wolf before he could sneak into the cabin. He put the fear of God into opponents and fan bases, and he was a damn great enemy to all of them. He was the Attila the Hun of the NFL, torching the AFC East and a whole conference for two decades. 
his career accomplishments as a, as a player dwarf any single franchise in terms of world titles and appearances. He totally hit the reset button on how we define success in the career of a quarterback and an NFL player. You now need to win four or five Super Bowls to get you into this discussion for second greatest ever. And he did this all as a guy who, according to him, he grew up in the shadow of his sisters. I recall watching a documentary on him, and he was emotional when he said the moment that he knew that he made it, he was out to dinner with his sisters who were, you know, athletes and well-known out in California where they grew up. And they and someone referenced them as, oh, Tom Brady's sisters. He always told himself that he knew he would make it when, you know, they, they were his sisters, right? Because growing up, he was their brother. Um, and, and another story that really struck me, I went out to Las Vegas and the uh, cab driver that picked me up told me that he picked up Tom Brady once and he was a Seahawks fan. So he really wanted to hate Tom Brady. He said, man, he was a perfect gentleman, nicest guy I ever met. And he was just laughing as he said it. Like, I, I couldn't even really hate him. And, uh, you know, as a testament to that, I, I think Brady became more aware of his stature as his career went on and, in 2018, he visited Mahomes in the locker room after the AFC Championship loss. And his career was, was an eye-opening ride. It was an experience. And anyone who watched it as keenly as I did believes more is possible for themselves, you know, watching Tom Brady. And, you know, inside the book, It's Better to Be Feared, author Seth Wickersham referenced Brady's relationship with a mentor in college and throughout the early years of his career and how he played into Tom's mentality. And, you know, we can go into further detail on it over the course of the show. Suffice it to say that this show is, is really founded on the mentality of people like Tom Brady. And I think what he's done is amazing. Brady to me was always the perfect encapsulation of the American dream. And that always meant a lot to me because my, you know, my family came to America when I was three, we had to build, I had to build everything up in my life from nothing. And when you're in that position, you look to others for inspiration and an example that you can follow. And even if you look at it from a caricaturistic lens, uh, or a very serious lens. Brady is like that thing. He is the encapsulation of the American dream. He came from nothing, was written off by everyone, told he was not good enough throughout his entire career. Like in the beginning of his career, he wasn't talented enough because he didn't have all the metrics or the yeah. measurables. In the middle of his career, he was a system quarterback. And at the end of his career, he was on the precipice of decline every single year in every single playoffs. Like, People wanted him to fail at every moment, and he overcame that. Then he goes on, he you know sacrifices for the team. And I don't buy into the idea that the only reason he took those pay cuts is because he has a super rich wife. I think he would have done it anyway because he makes so much money off of endorsements and outside investments that he doesn't need the football team money anymore. He is such a powerful brand that he can rely on that as a means of income versus the team salary. And then, uh, you know, he, he marries a supermodel. He has this beautiful family. Um, he's a celebrity. He's humble. 
he's all those things that, that you believe the American dream can be. And to me, when I was watching him throughout his entire career, especially when he was with Belichick, uh, I wanted it to continue for as long as possible. Oh, same here. When I was, uh, when I was watching a couple weeks ago, the Rams against the Bucks, and Brady started that comeback. I was so disappointed that they didn't finish it. <laughs> I wanted the Bucks to go to another Super Bowl so badly because I, from my perspective, I mean, you're witnessing a level of greatness that you will probably never see in, in the sport of football again. I, I just can't imagine it. I don't think anyone has the unique blend of mindset, willingness to commit, not only in the moment, but over the entirety of their career and yeah, the yeah. willingness to do what it takes to make sure that the team as a whole is competitive. I feel like this is what people who watched Michael Jordan's entire career felt like when he retired. Yeah. There's a certain stubbornness about people being willing to say that anybody but Jordan is the greatest ever. And I totally get it. You know, as you said, Watching this, I think part of what fueled Brady for the last four or five years or so is like opening game of the season this year. They beat Dallas. He goes up, shakes Dak Prescott's hand, and it's like, you know, Dak's like 25, 26 years old. And he's like, yep, I beat you. And then after the game, I'm going to interview with Drew Brees, who's the same age as me. And what's he doing? He's on NBC. He's not even, he's part of the broadcast. I, I'm still doing it. You're like, okay, what could possibly be motivating this guy? I think he really, I think he really enjoyed that. Like every single time he would win another game. I mean, even this year could be a game against the Jets. The Bucks didn't even need that game and they were losing, but he came back and was like, oh, Zach Wilson. Yeah, you're 22. I beat you. I'm still better. Doesn't matter how athletic you are and, you know, how great. I dwarfed you and going to Peyton Manning's Hall of Fame inductions. Like, yeah, I thought we were enemies, but you know, you're you're retired for five years and I'm, I'm defending a Super Bowl. I, I came in from training camp to watch this. That that is just wild to me. And you're right; it, it'll never be replicated. Uh, I don't think the quarterbacks of today. Uh, have the on-field awareness that Brady does to like preserve themselves as much because the college system is producing so many athletic-oriented quarterbacks now. They get hit way more. I mean, even somebody like Mahomes, he gets hit a lot. Oh, dude. And, he takes and he has so a, many hits. Yeah, and he has as strong a supporting cast as you could possibly ask for. Was developed by a great coach. You know, great receivers. O line for most of his career has been very good. Obviously, they had some injuries the Bucks took advantage of in that Super Bowl, but they rebuilt it, and he's getting hit all day. Um. So yeah, I just don't think anybody is is going to be able to match Brady's longevity, and and because of that, his records will stand forever, in my opinion. The thing that's so fascinating to me about Brady is that if you compare him to Peyton Manning, Drew Brees. Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, even to a certain extent, Eli Manning. 
those are all the quarterbacks that he was competing with in his prime. And those are the ones that lasted into Brady's twilight years. Every single one of those quarterbacks declined dramatically physically. You remember, you remember Peyton Manning in that last Super Bowl they won. Yeah. Was the joke was that he didn't do any, like he didn't do anything the entire, like the defense won that entire playoffs and Super Bowl for the Broncos. You think about Drew Brees in his last years as the Saints being shell of himself because he couldn't throw the ball more than 15 yards, completely changing their offense. Roethlisberger looks like he is physically present, but not mentally present in every single game he plays. And Rivers was, you know, he went from being this elite, elite quarterback to, again, not being able to perform in the way he needed to, to will his team to win. I am curious to see if Rodgers will decline physically in the same way, because I don't see in him the same rigor when it comes to taking care of your body. Brady's ability to still look 22 at the age of 44 in terms of like mechanics and throwing the ball and moving around is to me, the most impressive element of what he's been able to do. You take away all of the, you know, accolades and like the wins and everything like that, those things really matter. And I agree with you. That's never going to be replicated, but to me, the, the core of it all, the thing that fueled his ability to do those things so well for such a long time was the fact that he was, he, he like plateaued at this optimal level of performance and then stayed there. And that enables yeah. you to do so much. Like imagine being in the same offense for 20 years and not needing to change a single thing about it, like a single thing about it. Yeah. The, um, so Manning in Super Bowl 50 was 13 of 23 for 141 yards and an interception. And in Brady's, his one Super Bowl loss to the Eagles, he set the Super Bowl record for passing yardage. And then his final loss here against the Rams, he threw – you know, he led the game tying TD down 27 to three before the other team, uh, well, you know, before the his defense blew it, which I think that actually factors into his decision whether to come back or not. He basically said, okay, I don't have a coaching staff as meticulous as I did in New England. Like, how the hell did the Buccaneers leave Cooper Cup wide open on the back end with the game? I'm like, Belichick would have never done that. You know, say what you want about who was more important. Brady's like, all right, the only reason I would come back is to win Super Bowls. And if we're going to go zero blitz, you know, when they only need a field goal and they only have 40 seconds, I'm not coming back for that. I think Brady was his defining trait was his defiance. He was so defiant. that If you look at the retirement statement, he never uses the words I'm retired or I'm retiring. He deliberately says, he outlines the demands the game calls on you to make. And he says, I'm no longer willing to make all of those sacrifices and meet those demands. It's his way of saying, our father time didn't beat me. I won. I could still choose to do these things, but I choose not to. I I chose that. I won. 
I beat football. I beat time. I won. I just thought that was incredible. His his wording clearly meant something to him in that sense. And I don't think it's some kind of conspiracy like he's leaving the door open to play again. Well, you know, maybe, but I think he worded it that way so as to say, yeah, you know what? Everybody's right. I could keep going. I'm choosing not to. And as you said, he's the first of his kind in that sense. Peyton Manning at the end, he was like, dude, don't do this to yourself anymore. You can barely stand. Yeah, it's cringeworthy. We've seen how amazing you are and just seeing this. Same with Brett Favre and, you know, even Breeze. Nobody wanted to say it, but he was a detriment to the Saints to a degree his final year and a half. he, He could have been injured. Who knows? But the Saints... The one year they were five and zero, I think, with Teddy Bridgewater, they won a lot with backups while Breeze was injured, and then when he came back, they struggled as an offense. So you could clearly see the decline in, you know, what what the Saints were producing with Breeze. And I know he had injuries, but that's just another amazing thing about Tom Brady. Never got hurt. Yeah, he, he never had any injuries that impacted his playing outside of 2008 when he tore his ACL in the first game of the year. He was had an uncanny ability to translate his mentality as it relates to prioritizing the long term onto the field. Like he would get third and ten if he saw that he was going to get wrecked by a blitzing D end or, or a blitzing linebacker. Like he would just go down. He, he never, he accepted the loss in the moment knowing that there was a better, likely going to be a better opportunity later in the game or for, for later in that period. And yeah, I think back to the younger quarterbacks that you mentioned that are more athletic and more physical. Think of guys like Lamar Jackson, Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Allen. Uh, yeah. Jalen hurts. I mean, all of those guys, yeah, they, they they default to that athleticism when things break down. Yep. Whereas Brady defaulted to his confidence in his ability to outthink and out-execute the other teams. Yes. That's exactly, exactly right, and that's what led to his longevity because he, in his mind, he's still the guy in that picture at the combine. And he's like, these are all, these eight, nine, 10, 15 things in a given week on the sideline within the play are all things I have to do to win this play because I always have had to do that to give myself a chance. Whereas someone like Cam Newton, like, yeah, I'll just run somebody over. I've been doing it my whole life. Like, why change now? Right. Josh Allen, I, and you know, do you look at guys again, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, um, Lamar Jackson has been hurt all year this past yeah. year. Um, he's he's tweaked something or the other the past couple of seasons that's limited him. Um, I mean, Josh Allen, the way that he was running through the Chiefs defense, I like you could have swapped him for Cam Newton and, and been like, yeah, that's Cam Newton, like exactly Cam Newton. Yeah, I would um, agree with that. And I, it's so fascinating to me that teams are looking for this next great quarterback and they want to tie these great quarterbacks with great coaches. They effectively want to copy the new England model. 
but they're so willing to do things that destroy the ability for those quarterbacks to last a long time. And they justify it by saying like, oh, this is who this guy is, or this is how he helps us win games, but you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. And on the flip side, any quarterback that doesn't fit that new, like young athletic mold <laughs> ends up being called like a system guy or a, or a limited quarterback because he can't make plays with his feet because that's what's required of the, in the NFL today. And I don't buy it. I think yeah. that over I mean, if you look at the, the Super Bowl quarterbacks, it's it's Stafford, pocket passer, and then Joe Burrow, who's a pocket passer. He only runs because his offensive line is is awful. Mm-hmm. Like he's getting like, and inevitably every year this happens. Like it in the Super Bowl, it's two statue quarterbacks like all the time, all the time. And those are the ones that oftentimes perform the best in the situations that call for it because. I mean, teams are starting to adjust. I, you know, the Browns drafted a 225-pound linebacker that can run as fast as Lamar Jackson on the field specifically to stop him. Like, what do you do when you just spy Lamar Jackson and force him to throw? Like, every quarterback in every situation is going to need to be that statue at some point. And if you're not effective at being that statue, you're not going to cut it. Yeah, I remember Philip Rivers when he came back for his last year with the Colts before the season. He was, I think it was a Peter King football morning in America. And he said, The NFL ultimately boils down to can I stand in the pocket and make this throw on third and seven to third and 12? And I can still do that. So I'm, I'm going to come back as long as I can still do that. And there was something so accurate to be like, that really spoke to me. I was like, you know, he's right. At the end of the day, there's going to be a drive in a game. We saw it a couple weeks back. Tony Romo kept saying it in the game with Garoppolo and the Cowboys. Was like, okay, this is the biggest play of the game. It was third and 10 and the 49ers just needed to convert it to run the clock out. Like you will need to do that. And your ability to do it by running will be taken away by the other team. So can you complete a pass? with everything on the line when the opponent knows you're going to throw it. Uh, And Brady was an absolute master at that. He was so good in that situation. That was his, he's the Floyd Mayweather of football. Like he would just dodge your punches and punch you. And you watch it and you're like, Oh, there's nothing special about that. But he just did that so consistently so well didn't matter that he was smaller or boring. Like his comeback against the Falcons, and same with the one against the Rams this week. Like at no point watching it play out does it make sense that it should happen. Like you're like, he's just throwing five, seven yard outs and repeatedly. He's not, you know, launching it down the field, you know trying to force this comeback. He's like, no, I'm just going to throw it to the open guy over and over again, frustrate the opponent, and it'll play itself out. I like to think about those comebacks as a representation of the power of consistency over massive bursts of energy. You see how the Falcons 
and the Rams as well got those big leads in those games. They did it in big energetic bursts, big plays, um, big turnovers, momentum shifting uh, moments in the game, supposedly. Brady's response to that and his team's response to that was to do exactly what you said. Short plays, take what the defense gives you, consistency, consistency, consistency. Win incrementally, little by little over time, and you'll eventually compound enough interest with those actions to get back into a winning position. And Brady's willingness to do that and not press is also really unique because you see when teams get down that big, they open things up, they go for the big chunk plays, they try to force it a lot. And when you do that, you signal to the defense that it's easier to stop you. But when you're a defense and you're up 30 points and you still need to play the game as if it's 0-0, that is a massive advantage for the offense because now you can settle into your system and execute in the right way. And to me, it's it's such a powerful example of how being consistent with your actions over a period of time will eventually create a more powerful result than um, than those big bursts of energy and those big forced you know efforts that you might make. And the other thing that that consistency did for Brady's teams when he was in those comebacks was it settled everyone down and it gave the opposite the defense on his teams, the confidence to know that, Hey, if, if Brady can execute little by little, we can also execute little by little. We just have to convert a few plays here and there and we'll get him the ball back and he'll take care of the rest. And that is extremely significant when you're talking about these major comebacks that he's so commonly, he makes look so easy. Yeah. You know, as you said, two things about, as you said, one, the opponents getting these big chunk plays. So, I like to think of football sometimes as, you know, who won the play. Like they may be winning those plays by a lot, but by Brady then returning fire and getting five yards, five yards, five yards, five yards, they're winning more plays than the opponent. And that gives you confidence. Yeah, like it's it's hard to see that on TV, but these are really big men doing violent things. And when the other team is just pushing you down the field, just pushing you, pushing you, pushing you. It's very frustrating. And so it, it, it's, it's like a like the tide is coming in and you know it. And he's able to, to set that up. And he's able to do this, as we've talked about throughout the history of the show, because consistency is who he is. He does that all the time. He does it in his diet. He does it in his sleep. He does it in his workouts. And so it's easy for him in the game to keep the same mentality he has every single day because that's who he is. He's consistent like that. And so I think him bringing that to a team like Tampa and seeing how well it worked because that team historically, they were, I think seven and nine the year before and Jameis had the infamous 30, 30 season where he threw 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. It was the total opposite. And all he did was come in and say, more consistency, execute on consistency, and he turned them into a world champion and a team that had the best record in the league the second season he was there. Speaks to the power of it. It's sad to see him go. Yes. And also exciting to see where the next 
crop of quarterbacks take things. I wouldn't be surprised if there was more, if there were more players that achieved that level of, you know, three, four Super Bowls. Quarterbacks, I mean, specifically moving forward because the game has evolved so much to favor the quarterback. And now every team is so boom and bust because of the quarterback that they have that having that right guy really does make a difference in a way that it didn't when Brady was at his peak and it'll be fascinating to see football is a complicated sport. Yeah. Certainly if Joe Burrow does it this year, he's set up. Well, we said the same thing about Mahomes, and he hasn't repeated. He hasn't gotten that second one. You know, we said the same thing about Aaron Rodgers in 2010. He breezed to a Super Bowl, and it was like, oh, man, this guy's going to win a bunch. He still hasn't gotten back. So cool. it's it's tough. To, what Brady's done is unreal. I agree with you on Burrow. I think Burrow is very different than Mahomes and oh, Rodgers. I, I do agree, particularly because Burrow walked into the Cincinnati Bengals and did this. Like, Mahomes had Andy Reid, a year to learn, great team, great setup, ditto for Rodgers, right? I mean, as amazing as he is, he walked into a team that was that went to the NFC Championship game the year before he started. Whereas Joe Burrow, I mean, Cincinnati Bengals and Super Bowl don't belong in the same sentence, and he changed all that. My thoughts on that were more focused on how they play. Yeah. When you – if you were to put Burrow, like a play of Burrow side by side with a play of Brady, I'll bet that you could find more similarities between the two of them in terms of how they're executing and how they're playing than you could if you put uh, Mahomes next to Brady or Rodgers next to Brady. I think when you when you reflect on how people speak about Mahomes and Rodgers, especially the same thing with Herbert, same thing with Allen, they talk about them. Uh, in terms of the amazing things that they do, going back to the consistency versus the massive bursts of energy, Mahomes, Herbert, uh, Rogers, Allen, Jackson, like these guys are all burst of energy quarterbacks, like big play, exciting uh, uh, runs and passes and all that type of stuff. They're not to me like consistency guys. Burrow feels like a consistency guy. Yeah, And I think that that has more staying power over the long term and increases the chances that you will find yourself in an opportunity to be able to convert wins and win Super Bowls. Agree wholeheartedly with that. I think Burrow does represent a fantastic opportunity to replicate some of the playing style of Brady. I do agree with that. And he's got great tools at his disposal to support that at the moment. Agreed. Goodbye, Brady. We'll miss you. All right, man. Let's wrap it up here. Uh, if you enjoy listening, please like, subscribe. Um, we're going to be posting on YouTube soon. Uh, we're on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, all the platforms. Um, tell your friends about it. Comment. Rate us five stars. All those things help us get discovered. And Thanks for listening.